Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, the show about nothing and everything all at once. Just take a little something, roll with it, and see what comes. Tonight, let's see. I want to start off first tonight. I just want to thank all of you for joining me once again. I was like, I'd love to thank you all individually. So I'd love you to reach out to me, you know, Odd Dad Odd on Twitter and Facebook. I'd love to hear from you guys. I promise you I will respond to you personally, individually. I would really love to just get to know the people that are out there listening to the show because I see those numbers creeping up. I don't think my mom's listening to this ten times just to make me look better. Anyway, tonight I wanted to kind of go off in a different direction. I wanted to kind of talk about people. You know, I'm not going to get all, you know, psycho babble and get all Freudian on you. I don't want you to tell me about your mother. That's the, I know, that's probably the shittiest German accent ever in the history of the world. Oh, well. Um, but I, I think about when I come up with a, what am I going to start the show with? What am I going to talk about? And usually it's some spark of something that happened to me that day. And, I, I, I don't plan. You've probably figured this out by now. My stories usually start with this weird thing happened to me today. Well, in this case, I actually had to sit down and think about, well, what am I going to talk about? I, I haven't had any interesting things happen to me, especially in the last week. So I, I had to come up with a, a subject. Holy shit, I have a subject. Um, but in that, I kind of started thinking about people. And started thinking, what makes people like who they like? What makes people uh, hang out with who they are? Who are, who are their friends? Who do they marry? And it, it's kind of funny to think about it because there's like those whole two sort of sides of it. There's like those oh, you're people you're attracted to people that are like you. You know, you, you're drawn to hang out with people that share your interests. You kind of think the same way, same cultural backgrounds, religious backgrounds, same hobbies, same music, same, they like the same things. People that are, you know, like minds, you know, are drawn together. And then you have that whole opposites attract where you like kind of complement each other. And it, it's kind of funny how you'll, and why, how you'll end up friends with one person or in a good relationship with one person. Whereas it on paper, it just doesn't make any sense. And I kind of, I think about these, a lot of things like, like from the, let's take the people that are together that are, that are all like, you know, typically these are your friends, the people you choose to hang out with that you tend to like be your group you know, like your group of people are typically all the same. Um, your, your cliques and whatnot in school. You'll have those guys that like, or like culturally, everybody's the same. You know, y'all grew up the same way with, and like I always grew up and I was always attracted to, like I was raised in a primarily Hispanic household. I know, I don't sound like it. Shut up. 
Um, my Spanish sucks. It's worse than my German. Um, but I grew up in raised essentially in a Hispanic culture, and I didn't grow up really knowing what it was like to be white. And so when we moved to Texas as a kid, we lived all over. And at one point, we lived in a border town. We lived in Laredo, Texas, which is a now like drug cartel run border town. But at the time, it was just you know another border town where your percent your people are ninety nine percent Mexican, and like one percent you know you get like a half percent's white and a half percent's black, and that's about it. Um, oddly enough, there were a lot of Filipinos for being a Mexican border town, but that's a whole other story. Um, but I suddenly found myself grouped in with the white guys. There must have been ten white guys in my entire school when I was in fifth grade, and one of them was my brother. It didn't matter how we grew up. It didn't matter that we grew up in it with, you know, our mom's side of the family is Gonzalez. It doesn't matter to them. We were just the white guys. We were tormented and picked on constantly when we lived there. And it, it made, you know, it was only like a year and like two years of school, but it made shit miserable. Um, you know, the only people that I could talk to were the, like, two other white guys that I knew, which kind of sucked, you know, because I didn't relate. Um, you know, like all the, it went from, you know, when I was a kid being just one of the guys to suddenly I'm the white guy and I'm suddenly this completely different thing and I'm labeled this and I was kind of forced into being grouped with those other people that I really had nothing in common with other than we were kind of shunned, um, you know, do a complete 180, um, later moving to Tyler, Texas, which is for those of you out there who don't know the world map that is Texas, Tyler is in Northeast Texas. It's damn near Louisiana essentially. And you basically, we moved from really, really Mexican to redneck Texas. Like the population went from all Mexican to all super like Southern black people and redneck white people. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that my neighbors were actually inbred. If you'd ever needed to draw a picture of inbred hick, just look at their kids. And unfortunately we were, they were like, as again, white people, they, you know, inbred hicks, they're going to talk to the, new white kids that just moved down a couple of doors down. Um, they're not going to talk to the black kids that are over on the edge because, you know, the South and people don't like to talk to other races most of the time. I don't understand racism. Sorry, I grew up in a area that, contrary to what the news tells you, not that racist. Um, you know, people are people are people, and do your fucking thing, I'll do my fucking thing, and have a nice day. But, you know, we were out there in fucking uh, hillbilly city where I'm suddenly Mexican. And, you know, it, everything was just this big culture shift. And suddenly the only friend I had was the one other Mexican dude in my grade. Only friend. And in a year that I spent in this redneckville, Texas, not to, like, 
put down Tyler, Texas, you know, the sidebar here. Tyler, Texas is a great place. It's a beautiful city. If you could only get rid of the people, the people suck. It's just people want to be stereotypical rednecks and racist black people and racist white people and the Mexicans that are just there. Um, but, you know, that being said, my only friend there, the only other Mexican dude that I could find, you know, I was suddenly not, a, I was like, I was accepted by the white people, but I was completely shunned, you know, really when they realize that I'm not one of you rednecks. I'm going to hang out with the little Mexican dude because we have something to talk about. Um, and, it was, and it, you know, I, I think back on things like this because I've done a bunch of moving and shit like that in my life. And, you know, where I can go from, you know, being, a, you know, before 10, I am me. And then I move to one place and suddenly I'm labeled and I'm something completely different. And then go to another place and I'm suddenly a complete 180 from what I just was. You know, fucking labels suck. People suck, but labels on people really suck. And then when you are a person who is, you know, of a mixed cultural background, you get screwed because whoever's looking at you is going to be labeling you different, which gives you different friends just based on how other people may be labeling you because you're suddenly not allowed to talk to that guy. Um, and it was always funny to me how... I could end up, you know, one guy here and one guy there and, you know, that I never sought out friends, I guess, because, you know, contrary to the guy sitting there with a microphone broadcasting across the world, potentially through the internet, I'm especially outgoing. Um, I keep to myself. I don't really seek out friendships. I just kind of find people and kind of like I said before in school, you just kind of find people that are like you that you have something in common with just so you're not alone. And that was kind of it. I, I like I gravitated, you know, when I'm surrounded by a hundred Mexicans that don't like me, I gravitated toward the like one or two white guys that got it. When I was surrounded by a whole lot of rednecks and black people that didn't like me, I gravitated towards the one Mexican dude who got it, who was cool with me, who would reach out and be my friend. Because I was always the shy nerd guy. And it doesn't matter who you are, what, where you're at, the, the shy, skinny nerd guy doesn't have a lot of friends. Even in the nerd circles, because the nerd circle is not that big. And when you've got the perpetual new guy, which I was always the perpetual new guy because... I was a radio family, so we moved around a lot, hence the age to age to age, suddenly, you know, moving, you know, through two grades and then you're in another town. Um, radio is like military. You just jump around wherever the job takes you. But, uh, you know, I would, didn't seek out friends, you know, so like I was always the new guy. So you're kind of always, unless you're like super, super outgoing and I will totally give this to my brother. My brother was super, super outgoing, and he could adapt to anywhere. Wherever we would go, he clicked with the the people and the culture and the whatever. You know, we would go from South Texas, full of Mexicans, to East Texas, and he picked up y'all like that. 
he suddenly had the the accent and the dialect and everything down in like a week and blended in with all the rednecks like it was no big deal. I can't do that. Sorry, I'm me. I've always counted the way I do. Um, I have kind of a, a mangled sort of twisted. I express a lot in different accents and things drift. And I don't do it as much here. I did it once. I don't do it as much here, but I drift through accents and dialects and I, my manner of speaking adopts a lot of things, which makes me stand out when you've got a majority culture in one spot. Um, there's been way too much talking about this part of it, but not where I intend to go. Tons of notes on shit that I have no clue where I'm going. Um, but that's the point. Um, yeah. But then you get, like, in that group of friends, or in the school experience, it's like, yeah, you'll have your friends that you hang out because you all, you're like, yo, it's all the Mexican guys. It's like, it's kind of like prison. All the Mexicans hang together. All the white guys, all the black guys. Um, interspersed with everybody. is all. There, there's like one or two gay people in every little group. It just happens. There's always like one, two, one or two gay guys that are in like every little group just because. Ever notice that? Anybody? Nobody? Girls all notice this shit. There's always like one gay guy in every group. There's like five five girls and one gay dude. And I was cool enough with all the girls that I filled the spot of the one gay dude. Because for whatever reason, they all seemed to think that I was completely non-threatening. Which I don't know how to think that, take about that now. But, you know, high school was fuck, 12 years ago. I'm married now, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, you think about that. It's like, hey, I was kind of the gay guy in the group, wasn't I? But I'm not gay, I swear. I swear. Tell everybody. I'm not gay. I promise. Four kids. I'm not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, to quote Jerry Seinfeld. But, uh, you know, you'd also go and you'd, you'd find your, your other friends that like, oh, I play guitar. You play guitar. We should be friends. I totally didn't get that. All the guys who played guitar in high school were dickweeds, so I never talked to them. I was that guy who happened to play guitar when they all brought their guitars to school and would jam and do all the, I was like, no, fuck, dude, don't, don't, you're, you're a dick. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if we have something in common, you're still a dick, get the hell away from me. You know, I had a similar sort of thing with people, trying to find people had like, I could never find friends based on common interest. Um, you know, I couldn't get along with the guitar players. I couldn't get along with most of the metalheads. Uh, and I think a lot of it was because so much of it was imagery and I was like that old school guy. I've always been that guy who listened to shit from the, you know, I listened to the stuff that was cool and coming up when I was a kid. I still listen to Motley Crue and Alice Cooper religiously. There's new stuff that I listen to. It's like, I love Disturbed and my sister's going to smack me. I like Linkin Park, older Linkin Park. The last album sucked, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but I still have my tastes lean old, you could say. It's like, love Tom Petty, you know, love Eric Clapton. My tastes run old, and in high school, generally, they, you're not going to find a lot of people that are like that. And those that are like that are either super, we, we keep to ourselves. We don't advertise it, typically, because you're going to be shunned by the rest of everybody else. Because that's what people do, especially in high school. People shun what is not like themselves. And so it makes it difficult to talk to people. Um, you have to be outgoing. Fuck that shit. I'm not outgoing. I appear to be outgoing. 
I put out a great front like I'm outgoing. I There's a lady that we work with. She works on one of the job sites. She's a security guard on one of the job sites. I don't know another guy in our company who gets along with this woman. Honestly, I have heard stories about uh, one of my supervisors actually getting banned from said job site because he got into a fight with her over like what time we're allowed on property. And to the point where he's actually been banned from that job site. Meanwhile, I come in and I talk to her about her husband and how it's like, oh yeah, it's just been, sorry, I'm kind of scatterbrained today. And we go on and have great conversations and, I'm, and she's always happy to see me and great and was excited when I, you know, every Friday and I go in there and have a great time. And whereas everybody's like, oh man, she's such a bitch, man. I can't, I fucking hate coming in here. I'm like, Pam's great, man. We have, you know, she was just telling me about her husband that works over at that new building we're going to start working at. And, you know, I can do that. I, I don't know how. I, I put on this great front of outgoing. I'm, I'm typically shy as fuck, but when it comes to a professional manner, I can go out there and be outgoing and happy. Okay, not happy, but I can, I can make you think I'm fucking happy. That's 13 years as a restaurant manager. I can make you fucking think I'm happy. I want to stab you in the eyes with a fucking ice pick, but I'm, Fucking happy to you, damn it. Um, and then you take that complete opposite. Speaking of, you know, everybody gets along, every, nobody gets along with her, but I do. There's that whole opposites attract thing. And this is the, the thing that's tripped me up and I think trips up most people about me specifically, or more about me and my wife. We are like fucking polar opposites. We have very, when it comes to interest, we have very few things in common, which is, it, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. Prime example, go back to the music thing. It's like, my interest is in metal. Lots of guitars and heavy, loud, something that you turn up to 11. Um, something you can feel in your bones kind of music. Not to feel it in your soul. Oh my God, the song is so deep. No, not no, okay. Some of it's like that. Like lyrically, they can be that way. But I want music that you can, you, you know, you might get a migraine from listening to. You know, you can feel it in shaking you to the physical core. Fun shit. Um, she listens to country. Yeah, it's like like I've mentioned before, my wife is from Texas. Die hard Texas pride, and I'm not going to uh, be smirch Texas here again because I'm pretty sure I've done it before. Other than to say Texas is fucking weird. Just you know, there's there's tons of things to say about Texas. I could do an entire episode on why Texas is fucking weird. But tonight, let's just focus on this element of uh, fucking Texas uh, country music. My wife listens to country. She listens to pop and she listens to some oldies on account of her dad's older. And so this, the music that she listened to with her parents when she was a kid, but primarily her, she, you know, in the car, I've got stations that are metal and classic rock and some newer stuff and whatever. She's got like four country stations. I was like, yeah, it's Arizona. There's that many, there's a shit ton of country stations. She even suggested to me one day that I should go apply for a KMLE apparently needs a morning person. I was like, 
you want me to go do a morning radio show for Camel Country. I don't think my dad could be the radio, the morning radio guy for Camel Country. Especially to his age. I think he's pretty much tuned out of what country music is right now anyway. Um, not that he was ever really in tune with country music, but, you know, when you're a professional DJ, you can, you can do whatever because you're just, you know, you're there for the check. But, like, she is into that. And okay, fine. We basically fight the war of music every day anytime somebody turns on anything. I'll sit there, she'll be in bed, I'll turn my music on for the boys in the morning, and the next thing I know I'm getting a text, turn it off. Turn it off. I'm not coming down until you turn it off. Um, <laughs> it's too loud. Because my wife totally sounds like that, you know, like some sort of demon spawn or something. I don't know. Um, but, you know, uh, then... I will be, and she'll get control of music and turn on her music, and I feel like I'm going to just have to, you know, cram a Q-tip all the way through my cranium. Um, but we fight the, the music f fight all the time. And it's, you know, it's uh, who got to it first and whatever. I usually concede to my wife because, you know, what do they say? A happy wife is a happy life. And... You know, don't piss off a short woman. That's, that's another good one. I know. I, I'm pretty sure I'm paraphrasing that one, but that's that's the gist of it. I think my dad lives by a very similar set of rules. Um, I think my stepmom has all of maybe two inches on my wife. One of them is taller, and the other was excited about it. I don't remember which. They're both short as shit. Um, and then there's the whole like, and back in the, the cultural thing and the opposites attract thing that. You know, I was, you know, I am visibly white. I'm, I'm physically white, and I say this air quotes, physically white. Um, raised Mexican. Didn't know what it was like to be white until I was surrounded by Mexican people who thought I was white. Um, my wife, again, born and raised in Texas, all white. 100% all white. She treats me like I'm all white. She gets mad at me for pronouncing tortilla. Because I pronounce her right. She gets mad at me anytime I pronounce anything with a proper Mexican accent or say anything in Spanish properly. It's like, shut up. You're not Mexican. I'm like, go tell my mother that. Like, You're not supposed to talk to my mom because the last time you went and made a joke about her. You know, sidebar to those of you listening. When you're one of those people who always just throws out your mom as a, as a snappy comeback to something, you should really try and control that when you're at your mother-in-law's house. Just saying. Yeah, that one's for you, babe. Because I'm pretty sure every time we all get together, that comes back up. Almost seven years now, still comes back up. She did this the day she met my mother. Fun day. This was a, a like big family get-together, too. Like, sit down for dinner. Your mom, yes. Shit. Hi, mom. Didn't mean to. Um, but yeah, it, it's a funny thing because my wife and I, but the only thing we completely have in common is like really dry comedy. We think a lot of the same really fucked up shit is funny. We're both kind of fucked up and morbid in the head. That's about it. It's like, I think I'm like a, you know, 
career asshole at this point, but she's, and but we, we, if you look at us on paper, we do not have any reason to socialize. We don't have any reason to know each other, get along, date, let alone be fucking married with four kids. It makes no sense whatsoever. But for some reason, we are impeccably drawn to each other. Um, we, you know, I guess you could say if you wanted to go for a physical thing, she likes tall, skinny white guys. And I've got a pretty good track record of dating really short girls. But, you know, I, I don't think we would have made it seven years and four kids with just based on she likes tall guys and I like short girls. And I didn't just have like a short girl thing because I've dated girls that were, okay, I've never dated a girl that was taller than me. But I'm also six feet tall, so it's a little harder to find in that size range. But nevertheless, people who are complete opposites on paper. We have, we can't watch the same TV shows. There's maybe, we have a handful of shows that we agree on. Otherwise, I basically watch all of my TV when she's not watching. I love nerd shit and Marvel movies and superheroes and comic books. And I watch Spider-Man with the boys and things like this. Whereas, you know, if she even sees that I've recently watched a superhero thing, she starts rolling her eyes. You know, it's like she, I believe it was Man of Steel. We went to see as like a birthday present to me, something like that. It's like a birthday present or anniversary present to me. She really didn't want to see it. Shit like that. Like she's doing me a favor by watching a Superman movie. Like my sister-in-law and my brother is in the same situation. It's like when it comes to nerd shit, we love the nerd shit. We love the superhero shit. Our wives can't stand it. At least my wife will go see a horror movie. His will not refuse. Um, but you know, some people have different tastes. That's just what it is. Um, some people have different tastes in TV and movies. My wife and I get along on like three shows. The rest of it is you watch your shit at your time. Yeah, I'm watching my shit at my time. It really helps that I work nights and she works days. So five days out of the week, I don't have to watch her shit. I don't have to listen to her music. She doesn't have to watch my shit. Doesn't have to listen to my music. And it works out. But, you know, it wasn't always like that. So it's not like a, you know, oh yeah, our marriage works because we're never around each other. Um, it's, it's, we wouldn't be together if we couldn't get along and we do get along and we do enjoy each other's company and we do miss being together. And when we're not together, it sucks. You know, we don't sit there like, Oh, I can't wait till you're gone. I'm so looking forward to you being at work. So I don't have to deal with this shit. And we're like, we're not like that. We actually enjoy each other's company, even though it doesn't make sense that we should on paper. Um, and I, I have to say that on paper because who the fuck writes down was like, well, I don't think this is going to work out. You know, if you look at the notes here, things just ain't going to work. You have a nice day. I don't know why I went into that accent. That was just fucking weird. Um, but you know, it's, it's a weird expression on paper because who writes shit out? Shit, even paper now, like I had to fucking dig and look for the paper I've got notes on right now. And I haven't fucking stuck to a damn thing. But that's because, you know, this show, I don't stick to damn shit when it comes to notes. I think the only thing I stick to is, hi, how are you doing? Thanks for joining me tonight. Um, 
past that, it all gets fucking thrown out the window. Um, I think Kurt Loder said that's about how the script goes for the pre-show for any MTV event. It's like, yeah, we got a nice script and we wrote it all out. And about five seconds before we go live, we tear that shit up and throw it away because nothing's going to happen the way you planned. That's this show. Have you figured it out yet? I figured it out. I tried to script shit. It doesn't work. I can't script shit. I can't read a script. I can perform a task. I cannot read a script. But even though I can't do that, I definitely can tell when I'm running out of steam. So I think it's going to be time to wrap it up this week. Remember, I want you all to go on to find me on Odd Dad Out on Facebook and Twitter. Comment, uh, like, follow, all those sort of things. And if you are so inclined, subscribe to the show so you'd never have to look for me again. It'll just show up right on your phone, as most of you are probably using to listen to this. But in the meantime, I am Adam Higgins, your odd dad out. Thank you and good night.